Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Grounded Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our episode from last week, and today we are back to normal. (laughs) I'm back asking the questions. So here's our question for today, especially in this holiday season. Pressures put on the pastors of our church, and today we are going to focus on the needs of the pastor. So Pastor Matt, how can we support our pastors? Um, How can the congregation come alongside you and be supportive? Uh, How can we help meet your financial or physical or familial needs, and how can we encourage you? Pastor Matt, I'm looking forward to your answer, and I hope you are too, listener. So, hello, Pastor Matt. Hi, Noah. Uh, All right, so a broad question with uh, lots behind it. Um, First of all, I should say, and it's I'm very thankful to say, that our church does a great job of uh, looking after us. And You mentioned things like financial needs, and uh, I think in general, churches struggle uh, to know how to financially deal with pastors. It's an awkward conversation to have, and there's uh, some schools of thought that, I mean, pastors in ministry, and you just got to suffer in poverty for Jesus, and that's part of the deal. And of course, we've all seen uh, the other side of that spectrum, where uh, pastors are God's men, and so they should have the very best of everything to represent the Lord well and all the wealth and prosperity nonsense that that leads into. Um, And then I think you have 90% of the churches that are just trying to figure out how to help their pastor live while he figures out how to minister faithfully to them. And I'm really thankful that our congregation and the elder board here at the church, they do a great job with uh, being generous. We have a very generous body and they do a great job of meeting needs. So uh, financially, how would I answer that question? Love your pastor. Realize that he's a, a human being with a family in many cases, probably most cases, and they have to live and they have to live in the area they're ministering to. So that's, that's the most practical advice, whatever it costs the family to live in an area, that's what it's costing your pastor to live in an area. And like I said, we are blessed to be at a church that is generous and very caring when it comes to that. Other ways that you can care for your pastor. um, You know, the most encouraging thing, uh, I'll just speak for me, uh, but the most encouraging thing for me, what can you do to encourage your pastor? Uh, after a particular sermon or a series or something that you've been thinking through, um, rather than just saying uh, that was a great sermon or thank you for that great sermon, uh, certainly don't say that if it's not true. Uh, but more than just hearing that it was a great sermon or a good sermon or a helpful sermon or an encouraging sermon, um, tell me what you're going to do or what you have done with that. Uh, it is super encouraging to hear you said this, and that made me think of this specific thing in my life that I need to change or that I am thankful for, or this is how I've seen God work in that. Or six months ago, you preached on this and I started doing this and I've seen God do this in my life. Um, that means a hundred times more than the day of hearing that was a great sermon. But, and again, that's, that's kind and gracious and that's nice to hear. I don't want to minimize that. Those hearing encouraging things is always good. Encourage your pastor, uh, whatever church you go to be vocal about your encouragement for your pastor, send them notes, thank them for sermons. Absolutely. I'm not saying that, but I'm not saying not to do that. Uh, but the most encouraging thing, the thing that we prepare for, the thing that we preach for, uh, isn't just to get a, a palatable 
sermon out there or an encouraging sermon or a convicting sermon. We're preaching with the goal of change. Ultimately, we're preaching for the goal of disciple making, which includes people hearing the truth of the gospel and coming to Christ. And it includes those people who have come to Christ. The vast majority of the people that I preach to uh, are believers and, and we preach for life change then. How does this word that God has left us, how does this inerrant, infallible, authoritative word of God come to bear on my life? Because so often it's easy to sit in church for 5, 10, 20, 100 years and to know so much, but to struggle with seeing how any of this actually matters in my day-to-day life. Um, We're preaching through the minor prophets at church. uh, And if you're not careful, you can learn a lot of new stuff and have no idea what to do with it. Um, And sometimes it's hard work and pastors need to labor hard at making the truth not only uh, accessible, but applicable. Um, And that is certainly part of a pastor's job, not only to show you what, but to show you why and how to live in light of that. Um, But as far as how you encourage your pastor, that's, that's one of the very, very powerful, practical ways. Uh, Tell me how it's changed your life. And, you know, kind of companion to that, if you don't know how it's supposed to impact your life, ask those kind of questions. I I love answering questions about kind of theological minutia type stuff. I like talking about eschatology and I like talking about uh, various positions within, uh, you know, doctrinal issues. But I really like talking to people about what am I supposed to do with that? You know, I've got this going on in my life. Help me see how God wants me to respond to that. Uh, that. That's one of the ways you can encourage your pastor. If you can't talk about how change has happened or what changes you see that need to get made, ask those questions that move beyond, you know, pastor fix this and ask questions that deal with, help me see who God is in this and what he's called me to be in this. So a couple of different ways there. Uh, How else can you encourage your pastor and help him? Uh, just like I mentioned briefly with finances and, you know, the pastor's a person that has to live in a community. Uh, maybe we can just stop with the pastor as a person. And uh, we have good days and we have bad days. There are days when uh, it is easy for me to be around people and to be outgoing and to have a smile on my face. And there are days when I really struggle with that. Uh, and that doesn't make it right when I do, but it, it is a reminder that, uh, you know, there's days when the fruit of the spirit are not the first thing that my flesh wants to produce in the morning. In fact, my flesh never wants to produce those things. Those are always a production of the spirit. But there's, there's days when, uh, when I didn't sleep well the night before. And uh, there's times when I struggle in my relationships with family, with friends, with neighbors, with uh, believers. And, you know, we have to work through those things the same as everybody else. And just because we're pastors does not mean that we are any more prone uh, to always responding rightly. Uh, It it doesn't mean that those things that we read and study magically get applied to us. Uh, The things that I preach about on a week by week basis, um, they're the things that I wrestle with during the week. That's the, the first person that the sermon offends every week is always me. And there's, there's that realization that every Sunday morning, there's a certain amount of hypocrisy in whoever gets up to preach, because if anybody should know better, it's me. <laughs> and, uh, and I, and I don't just realizing that your pastor uh, should not be an immature person, should not be a, a new believer. There's all kinds of qualifications that goes into elders and uh, shepherds and leaving that aside, realizing that your pastor will have things that they are still burdened by as a result of them working through whatever their particular sin or struggle or heartache is, uh, that we don't get immune from that. Uh, And again, most people are really good and really sensitive about that. Um, Another way that you can encourage your pastor, 
uh, something that I've seen in a lot of pastors, and it's it's a generalization, um, but realize that pastors are often, uh, they're fairly sensitive to criticism because we tend to get it from a lot of different angles. When I do something th- that is different sometimes than tradition or that steps on some toes because either it needs to be said and dealt with or because, I mean, let's face it, I say it wrong, still part of that human thing. Uh, but often we don't hear it just from one person. We'll hear it from a number of people. And uh, sometimes even when people communicate things with the best heart and the best intention, uh, it can come across clumsy or hurtful. Sometimes that is the intention, but that's that's a small minority thing. Um, but I think just realize that when you communicate a concern to your pastor, that again, they're, they're human beings, that uh, that criticism still matters. And again, I'm, I'm speaking generally, but I know a lot of pastors and uh, a lot of them tend to be fairly sensitive guys. I don't think of myself as a super emotional, super sensitive guy, um, but sometimes criticism stings. And, and, you know, I could boil that all down and I could tell you the root issue of that is pride. And I wouldn't hide from that a bit. That is 100% what it is. Uh, but I think just realize that your pastor wants to hear feedback. But again, hearing that in a way that uh, you've prayed through is really helpful sometimes. Another way you can encourage uh, your pastor is to love their family um, and not just say you love their family. Uh, Sometimes being a pastor can be lonely. Friendships are often difficult, not because people are difficult and not because we don't want to have friendships, but because it sometimes is different. And again, I have heard everything from uh, other pastors say that because you're a pastor, you will never have close friends in the church and you shouldn't. Uh, to the complete other side where other pastors have said uh, all of your closest friends will be in the church. I think the reality is probably somewhere in the middle uh, for most of us. We'll have people that we are close with in the church, but there's always that, uh, am I a friend? Am I a pastor? Is there a difference? And in our Christian way of thinking, we know there's not a difference. We we treat brothers and sisters in Christ the same way. Uh, But when you're talking to your pastor, a lot of times it's different than talking to your friend. And sometimes that impacts relationships. And going back the other way, sometimes it's difficult to be a pastor and to talk to members of the body in the same way that you would someone outside the body about particular struggles, particular difficulties. Um, so, so just recognize that that can be a struggle. So how do you minister to your pastor in the middle of that? Uh, try to get to know them as people and not just pastors. Um, understand that they probably have hobbies and interests that fall outside of studying Greek and Hebrew and uh, reading commentaries. Um, I mean, some guys that might be all they're into, but lots of us have other interests and hobbies and things that we like to do. And that that's good to approach them as people. Um, even better than that, I would say, love their wives really well. Uh, if it's lonely sometimes to be a pastor, um, I think it's harder on a pastor's wife um, because they face a lot of the same uh, thoughts, ideas, criticisms, but sometimes they're the buffer between the feedback and the pastor. Sometimes my wife will hear criticisms that don't come to me. And then she's left in a place where she has to either bear that without sharing it with me so that she doesn't hurt me or burden me or figure out how to bring secondhand criticism to me. And that's not really a great position to put her in. Um, We wouldn't do that with other believers. But then again, they face all the same uh, kind of pressures and difficulties and balancing acts that come with friendships, but without the regular week to week ministry. Uh, So they get kind of a lot of the pressures, but none of the, none of the benefit from using their particular gift in that sometimes. And I think that could put them, uh, in a hard place. Uh, and again, that's not a, the danger in saying this is it comes across as a particular criticism of our church. And it's, it's not that it's just realizing that friendships are hard. And uh, if they're hard for pastors, they are at least equally hard, potentially more difficult, I think for pastors' wives. 
because of all the various facets that go into that. So you want to encourage your pastor, um, pursue genuine relationship and friendships with the pastor's wife. Uh, and again, extending the next level, pastor's kids. Uh, are there going to be different expectations on pastor's kids? Everybody would rightly say no, but in reality, probably. Um, and, and that doesn't mean, I don't know how you turn off the idea that we should know better, uh, that my household should know better. We probably should, but we don't always. Uh, I struggle with parenting in the same way that a lot of parents struggle with parenting. Uh, my kids are trying to grow up and wrestle with making their faith their own in the same way that a lot of kids are, except where when I was growing up and I had parents that were extremely faithful, I struggled to make my faith my own, knowing that I grew up in a Christian household and I came from a Christian family and I was in church all the time. My kids have the added pressure, not only of being in church all the time and being deeply invested in the church community here, but knowing that their dad's a pastor, it that would be a hard thing to find where your faith falls in the middle of that. It's, it's a hard thing to know what questions should you ask? Are you allowed to ask without kind of crossing the line? Um, so just recognize that your pastor's kids are still real kids, kids that were not born believers. Uh, they have to come to the place where they see their need for Jesus, uh, just like every other child on earth. Um, and you know, I, I can't turn a switch on and off in their hearts any more than I can do it in mine or anyone else's. I mean, if I could, then I would do that for everybody that came in the door on a Sunday, you know, you just press the magic button and make them mature, growing, functioning disciples of Christ. It's that long, slow process. So uh, you can encourage your pastor by remembering that he's human, by loving his wife, by loving his kids and his family, uh, by praying for them. When I say by praying for them, not just praying that God would fix the shortcomings in your pastor, you know, Lord, pray, help my pastor learn how to preach. We know, I know we have probably people that pray that every Sunday and God hasn't answered you yet. So keep praying, but, uh, you know, help my pastor be better at this or learn to do this or, uh, whatever it might be. And those are, those are good things. You can pray for your pastor to sharpen and refine their gifting. There's a God honoring prayer somewhere in that. Uh, but pray that your pastor would find uh, spiritual refreshment, that he would find uh, renewal and joy in his work. Pray for your pastor that he would love his wife well and his kids well, that he would find balance. That's really hard when you want desperately to be faithful to the calling that God has given you. Uh, when you want desperately to be faithful to the people that have put a great deal of trust in you as their shepherd, it can be hard to find the balance between ministry and your first ministry, which is to your family. And I haven't always done that very well. In fact, I still struggle with that because there's a lot of good things that we can be doing and a lot of ministry that we can and should be doing. Um, and a lot of that falls outside of regular hours and that's good and that's okay. That's that's part of it. Um, but you, you can pray that your pastor knows where to draw those lines. And some people find that easily and some of us struggle with that. And uh, you can be praying that your pastor, uh, you know, finds times uh, to study that have nothing to do with Sunday, where they can find just joy in reading God's word. That's something that can easily go by the wayside when the tasks start to stack up and Sunday still comes at the same time every week. Um, and again, that's maybe not a lot of that sounds really practical. It's not just the drop a note in the mail, although that's always good. And that's, that's helpful. Uh, it's not just saying great sermon on a Sunday, although that's good and that's helpful. Uh, those are some of the, some of the longer term, maybe, uh, more, they take effort to love your pastor is going to take effort. Uh, loving sinners always takes effort and your pastors are sinners. So, <laughs> uh, loving, loving people is going to cost you something. Um, so that, that would be my answer to that. And I guess if anybody has any follow-up questions to that, or if I've made anything unclear, or certainly if I've made it sound like anything is not happening with that in relation to our church, forgive me, that wasn't the intention at all, but just hopefully to kind of spread some of those things out there as you consider your pastor in this upcoming year. 
Thank you very much, Pastor Matt. That was a very helpful answer to a very important question that can often be forgotten and pushed to the side. And I can truly say that I am so thankful that you put in your time as a pastor to dedicate some extra time toward this this outreach ministry in this podcast. So thank you, Pastor Matt. And thank you for listening to this episode. If you have a question of your own, please send us an email, groundedwithmattround at gmail.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our episodes, visit our website, thegroundedpodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.